Hi, everybody, and welcome to That's Life, where four days later, I am so sore <laughs> from the half marathon I ran on Sunday. Thank God. It was a great run. Everything was good, but... If I had trained as much as I did, and I did, I really shouldn't be this sore so many days later, but here, Mike Fetching is done. Good morning, everybody, and thanks for listening. I am Miriam L. Wallach, host of That's Life and head of social responsibility at Cross River. You can find me here every Thursday, right after Allison and right before Yussi's live lunch. So just a shout out, this Sunday is Mother's Day, so a shout out to everyone who is uh, taking part in some kind of Mother's Day celebration or get-together or brunch and whatever. Um, yeah, looking forward to it. A little family gathering. It'll be nice, intimate, you know, as I'm in Avell. that it won't be some kind of major splash. But, re- I mean, there's no Mother's Day parade that I know about. It's not like we're doing anything major, but I'm looking forward to it. It should be a great day. Two Sundays in a row, please God, should just be a great day. And we have a bunch of things coming up, and obviously everyone's been enjoying the switch back to our regular music programming. Lagba Omer on Tuesday, Milech Cohn yesterday. I mean, Nachum's pulling out all the stops, right? Because we're done with acapella. Not to complain about the acapella people. We appreciate them very much. Actually, they not only fill a niche, but they do it well at a time where we're not listening, obviously, to standard music. But now we are. We're back. We're back, and we're back with a vengeance. So thanks to everybody. We really appreciate it. Let's do today's national holiday, and then we're going to go to the fortune cookie. I just want to note that the fortune cookie is broken. We've talked about this. We can't do broken fortune cookies. Are there any non-broken fortune cookies in this studio do you think we can get one that's not broken? Listen to that. There's extra breaking in here. It's like got crumbs. Can we get can we get a different one? Do you think do you think we know somebody who could Oh look, there's a whole bag. We're gonna pick another one. Let's do today's national holidays, by the way. It's eat what you want day. All right, don't mind if I do. It's national. This is appropriate, obviously, for today's guest. National Children's Mental Health Awareness Day. We're gonna talk about that for sure. It's National Foam Rolling Day. Yeah, that's not a sport, guys. It's actually a foam roller. If you've never used a foam roller and, you know, you got arthritis and joint issues and whatever, it's actually really worth it. Now, here's um, the fourth national holiday for today. I, I I don't know what to do with this one. Sometimes I don't know what to do with the national holiday. This is a good one. It's National Root Canal Appreciation Day. I say no. I don't want to. I don't appreciate it. They're not fun. Do I appreciate that the um, procedure exists and that people are skilled, endodontists are skilled in root canals? Absolutely. Do I have to spend a day appreciating it? I do not think so. Let's do the fortune cookie. This one is whole. This one can be, you know, something. What do we do with broken fortune cookies around here? We donate them? What do we do with broken fortune cookies around here? We send them out to pasture? We don't talk about them anymore. All right, here we go. Here we go. Today's fortune cookie. Love is like sweet nectarine, good to the last drop. See, this is very nice, except Maxwell House would take umbrage with this. Do you, does anybody get that, by the way? I know. Yesterday, I made a joke in the office about um, somebody moving on up. And, of course, when you work with people in their 20s, no one has a clue what I'm talking about. 
for those of you who are listening who get the reference, yes, of course, it's to the Jeffersons, but somebody goes, is that from that cartoon with the with the spaceships? And somebody goes, no, that's the Jetsons. And I'm like, forget it. Is there anybody in their 40s around here? Anyway, you've been listening. You are listening. You are listening to That's Live here at the Nahum Siegel Network. And I am joined this morning by Michael Gurok. You know, we, we've talked a bunch of times about mental wellness and mental health and mental mental health awareness, but we've never focused on it, I think, from a particular angle. And so I joined my, I sorry, I asked Michael, Michael Gorak to join me this morning. Michael Gorak is a licensed clinical social worker and teenage health educator who specializes in teen behavior modification, parent education, and family dynamics. Michael works in Bergen County, providing psychotherapy to teens, adults, and their families. Michael also works full-time as a high school health education and life skills teacher at the Yeshiva of Flatbush. By the way, that's Yeshiva of Flatbush. That is for sure with that H at the end. Michael lives in New Jersey with his wife and three young children. Michael is passionate about basketball, cooking, all things mental health, and I would add the Rangers. Uh, You can find him on Instagram at Coach Therapy. That's Coach with a K, by the way, Coach Therapy on Instagram. Michael, good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm good. You didn't mind that I added that little Rangers bit. I mean, I know yeah, we have I that. You'd be upset that I, that I, that I was a, a Ranger fan denier. I, I know. After the exit of the playoffs that way, I guess I, I ran away from my fandom for a little bit. I, seriously, who doesn't include that in their bio? I know. I'm like, literally, the Rangers are everything. I actually turned 40 this week, and I got a, a Rangers uh, 1994 jersey as my birthday present. I oh. fell 10 years old all over again. <laughs> well, obviously, somebody, <laughs> somebody knows you and somebody loves you to get you that gift. That is for sure. We're talking about mental health. It is Mental Health Awareness Month here in the United States. And I've, I've been using the term instead mental wellness. Do you think that there's a difference? Is it semantics that I've been calling it mental wellness? Or there really is a difference between calling something mental health Awareness versus mental wellness. I think mental wellness is actually a great way of talk, talking about it because we can take a pro- proactive approach to it with wellness. It's like I can be well, I can feel, I can take life into my own hands and, and make myself feel better. So I actually like that term mental wellness because you have some sort of proactive control over it. Yeah, I, I agree with you. To me, mental wellness is, a, I don't want to say a positive spin. I don't, I don't want to. I don't want to categorize it that way, but when you say mental health awareness, it's almost like something's already wrong. Do you know what I mean? Totally. And people get immediately in that womp womp mode when they hear mental right. health. They they immediately go 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 to the negative. But I think that's the whole point of mental health awareness, mental well wellness month is to say that it's not it doesn't have to be this negative thing. It's that we take so much care of our physical health, but we don't focus enough on our on our mental health, and it's equally as important because it has ramifications our mental health for our physical health so it's really they go hand in hand so to just deny it and not talk about it is is, is really is it's kind of silly in a way no you're, you're you're right actually your your point right now brings up a, a conversation or reminds me of a conversation i had late last week with someone who was talking about how she suffers from epilepsy and the stress of the organization that she runs became so intense that it increased her number of seizures. And she found that 
that she was at a point where she she felt she was going to possibly have to give up her dedication to leading this organization because it was taking a toll on her her physical health. And yes, she said, I haven't slept well. Now, uh, trust me, you and I are going to talk about sleep in a minute. But when it came to this, it, it, it was almost like an epiphany, a light went off for her that it was her stress level, her anxiety was impacting also on her physical health. And that was, that was a red flag. Well, especially for people with epilepsy or many different conditions, even um, gastrointestinal issues, stress and anxiety, and those things usually exacerbates those, those conditions. And one of the things I was thinking about before I came on here this morning is, you know, whenever we're on an airplane before the flight takes off the, 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 the flight attendants say something to the effect, if the cabin lose pressure, make sure you put your, your face mask on before putting that on your children, right? We need to take care of ourselves before we can take care of, any, of anyone else. So if you're not putting on the mask, you're not taking care of yourself, you really can't care very much for other people. So self-care is, is super important. And a lot of people think, I can't do it. I don't have the time. I can't. I can't. And during our time together this morning, I'm going to repeat myself. You can do it. You can carve out time for yourself to take care of yourself because it's just that important. You will do everything that much better by taking care of yourself. Such a good point. Yeah, you run out of oxygen. You're no good to anybody else, whether it's on a plane or any day of the year. You run out of oxygen. Totally. You're no exactly. You're no good to anyone else. Michael Gorak joins us this morning on That's Life. He's a licensed licensed clinical social worker and teenage health educator, specializing in teen behavior modification, parent education, and family dynamics. Michael, let me ask you something. I find myself, I find myself complaining a lot about being tired. I do. I, I'm wondering, are you hearing that from a lot of other parents? Yes, I'm hearing that from a lot of other parents because. One of the things that we struggle with is, and this is overall, is, is boundaries. We have really bad boundaries when it comes to work and life and things like that. We don't, we don't say, I, I can't do that right now. I can't be reached right now. If you live in a society where everyone expects you to be on your phone, to be available, it's a beautiful thing that we have Shabbos, that we can't be reached, so to speak. But even within, within that, we, we don't set enough boundaries and we don't listen enough to our, our, our bodies. Our bodies are telling us. Instead, we just react with sort of our brains and our minds, and that's really problematic. So we have to get better at, at setting proper boundaries with people. And, and not, just, not just professionally, but also personally. Oh, personally, 100%, 100%. People ask you to get involved. Oh, Miriam, it would be great if you could come to this thing. We, we'd love for you to speak. We'd love you to get involved. Michael, oh, just come and, and speak to the kids, speak to the kids. And I said, I'm doing six other things this week. Like, I want to help the kids. In theory, it makes sense. I want to go do this. I want to help. I want to contribute. But then I had to realize that at what at what expense. So sometimes being able to say no is, is, is really important. Or maybe another time. Now is not a great time. I really want to help you. Setting those boundaries. You're going to be okay if you say no. And you, you can't worry about looking like a bad guy. Totally. Because then you're just going to end up being a bad guy, actually, yourself, if you don't take care of yourself. You'll end up just becoming more... Um, irritable, more tired, all these other things when you when you start worrying about pleasing, pleasing everybody. It's it's such an important point that you're making. And it's almost like, 
you know, they talk a lot about the the care that a caregiver gives to the person to whom they're caring and totally lacks the care that they need themselves. And so when you're when you're in a situation, you know somebody is, is taking care of someone else, a loved one, a, a good friend, etc., somebody who's not well, you you have to turn your and, and of course, by the way, instinctively, you're concerned about the person who's suffering, but you never remember or you rarely remember about the caregiver and the fact that they need to be cared for also. In this case, in this metaphor, we are all caregivers and we we never remember to take care of ourselves. I understand. And I think we don't give ourselves permission. I'm not really exactly sure why we don't give ourselves permission to take to care of ourselves. Or we just say, oh, it's not that big of a deal. I, I, don't, I don't have to do that. I don't have to get out of this out of this routine that I am you don't have you have to give yourself permission to take a break you have to give your permission yourself permission to ask another we live in these wonderful warm communities just ask another parent hey could you pick up my kid today and just bring him home or bring him to your house for an hour because you want to go get your nails done or you want to go for a run and we think we can't ask people but people want to uh people want to help people you know there's positivity that comes out of actually helping other people I know that's something that you really you really mm-hmm. live by but I would challenge you to say not just you helping other people, but giving another person an opportunity to give is even more powerful than you actually giving yourself. People want to feel like they're helpful and they're needed. So if you say, hey, take my kid for a while, could you could you do this for me? Do you mind picking this up? Could you host us for a meal? People want to want to give. They just need to be set up. That's such a good point. First of all, you talk about permission. You know, it, it's it's such an important word. It's a, it's a specific word. It's a deliberate word, the word permission here. Like, like you have to ask yourself permission or you're allowed to give yourself that time. When, you, when you're doing something like that means that you, you value whatever it is that you're doing to ask permission for. It's, it's a priority to you. I'm asking permission to leave work for, for an hour to do something else. I'm leaving permission, to, asking permission to whatever. You have to make it a priority. You have to make you a priority. The only person you're asking permission for to take care of yourself is you. So it becomes a question of why, why don't we think we're worth it? I think we just get trapped in our, the roles that we're in. I think that's that's really what happens. We get into these roles and we do these roles so well, right? But we forgot at some point that we had other roles at one point. Right? We used to have other interests, other things that, that make us unique, other parts of our identity. And we just become so focused on that identity that it, it's hard for us to ask permission to be that person that we, we used, to, used to be, right? So you love to, you, I know that you love to bake for your team and for your people, right? Like you just know that that's part of my identity. I have to do those things. And some people just get so buried under things they just forget that they they, they can ask to do uh, to wear a different hat sometimes, mm. which is so healthy to wear a different hat. That's something I wrote down today is that we wear these uniforms. We wear these uniforms of things that we think we need to be, right? We wear sneakers or we wear flats during the week and we, we're in that work mode. But sometimes it's helpful to put on a pair of, of, of heels. I know you say it kills my feet. What are you talking about? Or pair, put a pair of, uh, of suede shoes on and to go out for dinner and to say, I'm wearing a different uniform and I'm not wearing the, the uniform of, of mom, of, uh, of, of bona fide Uber driver for my children. I'm wearing the uniform of uh, a social, uh, outgoing, like personable person. And sometimes you just need that, that code shift for yourself. Just feel, remind yourself that you're not just this one thing.
No, oh, that's such an important point. I really like that uniform metaphor as well. You're listening to That's Life here at the Nachum Siegel Network. Michael Gurok, licensed clinical social worker and teenage health educator, specializing in teen behavior modification, parent education, and family dynamics, is joining us this morning as we're talking about mental wellness. And specifically right now, we're going to shift towards parents. Obviously, we have plenty of listeners out there who are not parents, pa- plenty of people out there who are prospective parents, plenty of people out there who are, at this point, grandparents, and watching their children go through certain things and juggling and managing, et cetera, et cetera. How many parents, when you when you sit with parents and, and parents come to sit with you, how many parents do you find, like the percentage, really have just the same kinds of burdens, same kinds of talking points, et cetera, things that are just weighing on them? I think it's pretty much universal that every parent that I speak to is, is worried about phones at this point. I know that sounds cliche, but... I think it's there. It's really hard for them to get a handle on on what's going on with their with their children. It's just they're, they're parenting in a different time. I know they said that for when we were growing up, it's parenting in a different time, but it's but it's much much different. Kids are growing up much much faster because they're given independence to do things vis-a-vis the phone. That they're really struggling to understand how to relate to their their child and how to understand their child because they give them this device that allows them to sort of grow up a lot more, a lot, lot quicker. So I think that's really what the struggle of parents is how to understand your kid, how to relate to the, the modern, the modern child. It's, it, you know, it, it's haha funny that you bring that up because I sort of joke that with one of my teenagers, when I need to reach her, I will text one of her friends because I know she'll respond to one of her friends. If I text her, I don't hear anything. But if she hears, gets a text from one of her friends, of course she immediately responds. So I, you know, there's, Obviously, I'm being sort of cute about that, but yeah, it's, you know, with all the things that we're worried about with our kids, all the real everyday struggles and the things that, and the vices and the things out there that our parents worried about with us, this is, this is a whole nother ball game. And I always, and I, I'm, I caution myself not to become I don't know what the word is, like anxious. Oh, anxious. Okay, yeah. Yeah, anxious about phone usage and integration, etc., and making sure we're managing it and this and whatever. I try not to make myself crazy about it because I'm frankly a hypocrite. Because if it wasn't for Shabbos, model the behavior because you're not modeling the behavior. That is the problem. The parents are not modeling enough good behavior and and having values conversations with their kids. I think that's. That's also the problem with their with their with the parents who are experiencing right now as part of the phone is that they don't their kids don't understand like what's important to them. They assume that their kids like oh, go up my house, we do Shabbat, we talk about some things, but your kids don't get it unless you're spending time without phones, without uh, any distractions, really sitting down and talking to them. I think parents feel like it's el- elusive with their child. Their child, they don't understand what's going on because it's just everything is so fast and that's in the problem another problem is that we haven't come to a consensus in in whatever community we're in bergen county five towns about what we want to do about the phones what age do we want to give the kids phones what hours do we want to have the kids on the phone we can't come to consensus and what a lot of parents are going through this is in general statement as well is they're experiencing a lot of peer pressure even as adults it doesn't end when you're a teenager there's a lot of peer pressure oh well the wallets let their kids stay on the phone till 10 o'clock and the Edelsteins and their kids stay on to 11 o'clock. Mom, why aren't you letting me stay on to 9.30? And then you become this bad guy. So it's also very stressful because we haven't come to consensus of like 
what's the appropriate age and appropriate time for the phones. Wow. Yeah. When when we when you spoke a second about Shabbos and obviously we have that built-in break, thank you God, we have that built-in break and that time to sit and regroup, etc. I I I know my kids dread a three-day chag. They dread a three-day yantif. I love a three-day yantif at this point in my life. Shutting off that phone for three days is a glorious thing, but it's also Especially glorious. If you're not cooking all three all, all three days. Exactly yeah. for sure for sure, but it's also a glorious thing for my kids. They need it. They don't even realize that they need it. Yeah, because they also, uh, for parents who are listening out there, because um, I talk on this topic a lot, it's not good enough, unfortunately, to say, get off your phone, get off the video games. Unfortunately, this group of kids coming up, they don't know what else to do. And I, <laughs> and I, was, I promised myself I wasn't going to bring up COVID because people picked up a lot of bad habits during COVID. But even without that, they don't know what else to do. When we were kids, we'd go out to the backyard, we would create some dumb game, and we'd fill the entire afternoon with this activity, and it was so much fun. These kids need help saying, get off the phone, and we're going to go do this now. We're gonna, you're going to go do this now. We're going to do this activity. We're going to go for a hike. We're going to go for a walk. We're going to go visit so-and-so. They need, you need to present to them that alternative because they just, for whatever reason, they don't have that creativity to understand what else there is to do. I don't even think it's just creativity. I don't even think it's just creativity. I think it's that we don't allow our kids to cope and they don't know how to pivot. Sorry to use a COVID term, a word I said I would never use anymore, but they don't know how to, they don't know how to make a change without it being catastrophic. And, uh, you know, my, there are few, there are, there are few benefits or many benefits, depending on my mood that day, about living in the five towns. One of them is the fact that the Long Island Railroad goes straight through our neighborhood, straight through it. You get stuck at the train and it's often annoying. But for me, when my kids need to get somewhere, my I work full time, my husband works full time, my kids know get on the train. You can walk to the train station, you take it two, three stops, it costs two bucks, and you get to where you want to go. So my kids at this point, at you know, and my friends initially thought I was crazy, which is neither here nor there, but I, uh, right, but I tell my kids, I would tell my kids, get on the train, it's there, you might as well use it. And now it's like a, okay, I'm on the 514. Okay, I'm on the 531. I'll let you know when I'm home. So there's, there's they've accepted that responsibility on themselves and that as a viable alternative they don't have to get in an uber and i'm not coming to pick them up so i know it sounds crazy but i know they have they have it in them to make a change and to do something else to not depend on x but when it comes to yeah shut off your phone and do this shut off your phone and go outside it's like i have 10 heads yeah, totally. And I was going to say, what's great about that experience about them going on the on the train is that you use all your senses when you're on the train. You have to use your sight. You got to hear, hear a smell, like touch, feel, all these other senses that you don't otherwise use. Because if you're driving them or they're in an Uber, A, they're not paying attention to probably where they're being dropped off because the guy knows where to drop them off. So their head, their eyes are just in their phone. Whereas on the on the train, you look around, you see people, you experience the world, you hear things, you smell things, good, bad, indifferent, doesn't matter. And I think that's also we need to get back to is getting into these experiences where we use all of our senses and we feel alive by by just different sensory things because it's just too much with our eyes and I guess in our ears when it comes to it comes to the phone. 
No, so such a good point. I never thought about the train as a completely interactive experience, but you're 100 percent right. We have about two. Right, you got to give the ticket, the ticket to the guy. I mean, or you show him on your phone. I was going to say you're dating yourself. You're a. I know, I know, I know I you just turned 40, but we don't do the tickets I know, anymore. I, I knew all your references before about the best part of waking up or Folgers or whatever it was, Maxwell House. Yeah, good to the, the last drop. I know all the jingles. Yeah, exactly. It's last drop. Yeah, exactly. well, you were raised well. That's for sure. Sure, right. we know that about the Goroks. That's for sure. Michael, we have literally like about a minute left, and trust me, I'm watching the clock very, very carefully. I, you know, we we can make small changes in this world. We can make small changes that make big changes in our lives. Give us literally two tips: working parents, working adults, single parents, single adults, a, a single parent. It doesn't matter. Give every listener here two quick ideas. Of, of things like changes they can make in their life that will improve their mental wellness. Okay, so the first one is definitely is exercise, mm. any type of exercise. I'm not talking about necessarily getting your heart rate up. I'm just talking about getting out of your house, going for a walk. Like I said before, taking in the fresh air. This time of year, it's nice out. It stays light out longer. So whether it's an early in the morning, late at night, getting outside and 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 getting just some fresh air, super helpful. The other thing is, is changing up your routine a little bit, adding in, in an activity that you do for yourself. I look at things like like, like a dafiomi, right? You do it once a day, it gets your mind off of whatever you're usually thinking about and you're in those things. Starting a, going to a holiday class. Mm. Um, instead of taking the public, you know, you're a commuter by car, but maybe one day someone takes, you take the train in and you don't worry about traffic. One day a week, you sit on the Long Island Railroad, you listen to your music, you don't have to worry about the traffic and you just, do a, do a change. Just break up the routine a little bit so you can feel something different, mm. experience something different than what you're usually uh, doing. And then the last thing I'll say is that even though we're very productive people, we get stagnant at this point of our life as, as parents. We're just in this role. And so joining like the, the joining Hatsala, um, joining the, the, the woman's auxiliary at your synagogue, whatever it is, getting involved with different activities where you do something different, you're creating some sort of positivity in the world, is, is, is super important. That is, th- those are great ideas. Those are great ideas. I love some of those and ideas. you can do it. People are listening. You can do it. Don't give yourself permission. You're thinking that you might think this guy's hogwash. I'm telling you, you can do it. People will support you. You can do it. No one should feel isolated in, in their role as parent, as worker. You can do it. Get out there. People will support you. Your family will support you. Your friends will support you. You can do it. Okay. Don't just listen to this and say, I'm going to do it and not do it. Go do it and come back to Miriam and tell her that it didn't help. Cause I guarantee it will help. You're so right. You can find Michael on Instagram. That's coach therapy coach with a K coach therapy, Michael Garak. Thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate it. This was great insight, a great conversation about mental wellness and we should continue to be well together. Awesome. Thank you so much. Take it easy. Thanks. You too. You've been listening to That's Life here at the Nachum Single Network. A full afternoon of programming continues right after this show. The live lunch hosted by Yussi's Y will begin in just a few moments, and I'm running out of time, so I'm going to speak rather quickly. The Arab Shabbos show hosted by Mark Zamek begins at 7 p.m. Nachum hosts Jam in the AM tomorrow morning at uh, starting at 6 a.m. Of course, Malcolm Holmline joins him at 7.40 in the morning. Don't miss an a minute of programming all weekend long. We're closing today. Yeah, I had a little log by Omer FOMO. So we're closing today with Bar Yochai by Diaspora. That's life, everybody. Bye, guys.
Shalukim Kodashu Ashrayayin Ra'athu Lev Chacham Yaskil Bihu Adonayinu Bar Yochai Baruchu Mipi Elyon Kadashu